The Money Show. Business Unusual. With Colin Cullis. Colin Cullis this evening. Uh, tell me about the most hated man on the internet. It must be quite a highly contested category um, as there is so much bile and hatred on the internet any given day of the week, Colin. There is, Bruce, and, and a quick aside uh, referring to, as you say, lots of people most hated men on the internet is is an update from Elon Musk we covered recently with his battles with Twitter and his sale yesterday of uh, $7 billion worth of those shares uh, as he prepares to be ready for that court case coming later on October. But he is not the man I'm referring to here. Uh, this is the man uh, mentioned in the Netflix documentary series, which is kind of number one on their charts at the moment. So it used to be all science fiction and, and crazy out there stuff, stranger things, you might say. Uh, but this is an actual true story uh, about a, a guy in 2010, from 2010s, he launched a terrible website that would post uh, naked pictures of women, obviously without their permission, including their names, uh, to get people to come and look at it, you know, the, the, the shock value of, of, in some respects. And as a consequence, would uh, then earn advertising revenue. And that's how he was making his money, not necessarily big money, but at the time, uh, the laws and regulations weren't available to simply shut him down other than, um, you know, using copyright, which isn't typically a, a criminal offense uh, unless it's, uh, you know, posting of actual patents and design things posting you know new pictures of women who definitely did not give permission that wasn't in place yet thankfully that has been uh, fixed since then uh, the site was taken out in 2012 he faced a prison sentence and went to prison in, in 2015 him and, and a co-conspirator were actually hacking people's accounts they were looking for these pictures to go and post they weren't as they claimed at the time being sent to them and they simply posted them or that people had offered uh, to post these pictures uh, the crazy thing though was a plea deal uh, he's the, there were less than three years between the two of them that they had to serve. So both have been released now, and this documentary series looks back at, at what actually happened. And the reason I'm raising it this evening uh, is because that documentary, I think, will get a lot more people to say, oh, so passwords are important, and oh, there is a consequence if you forget or use poor passwords. Uh, because certainly up till now, uh, people just have not seemed to put two and two together for how important keeping your accounts uh, secure are. Um, you know, for, for somebody who's had a credit card, for example, that's then been compromised. These days, you can be kind of comfortable to say, well, you know, I, I probably will get a notification to let me know there's something wrong quite quickly. And generally speaking, the banks will shut the card down and you probably won't make any losses. But the catch is not that you you simply can get your money back or that you, you don't lose anything. The effort to go and get that card reissued and the hassle it causes in your life if you rely on that card for lots of things, particularly if it's one that's connected to some other online spending thing you do, and now you try and order a pizza or do anything else, and whoop, you can't do this, or, or try and get a you know an Uber somewhere. That's when you notice just how much of a pain losing access to account is. It's not necessarily the losses, uh, and so this is the bit that a lot of people just don't understand. Like, ah, so what? My 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 email isn't you know it's a secondary email account. I don't really care about. It. It's not like it's my uh, you know the main one that works with my bank account. Except that your bank account backup passwords get sent to the crappy email that you don't care about. Uh, and so many of your social media platforms probably also go to this email account that you just use, you don't really care about, that you haven't bothered updating for the longest time. So when one of those things are compromised, you get kicked out. Big tech has known about this for a long time. Uh, thankfully, they're looking to start doing something about it so that we no longer are the ones that are responsible for having to sort out the mess. It's not a complete fix, uh, but it's certainly a good couple of steps further down the road uh, to make sure that that happens a little easier. Usually, though, I do uh, tend to go back a little bit into the to history with these things, uh, and the history of passwords is probably, hmm, I'll, I'll keep it particularly brief, uh, because while they've been around for a very long time, it was only in the 60s that the first computer pa uh, passwords uh, were, were came up with, uh, and they were terrible, admittedly, even by the people who created them. They said, man, it was, it was really hard 
to secure those things. People could easily get access to the list of passwords that were stored on the computer. Once they had that, of course, they could share that with everybody. Uh, but since then, they've gotten a lot better at making it harder and harder with encryption to not be able to access those things, although breaches still unfortunately do happen. Uh, even the biggest companies, the, the largest breach I was aware of earlier this year was the Shanghai Police Department had almost a billion records compromised and shared, available uh, to anybody who knows how to access the dark web and prepared to pay, admittedly, uh, a lot of money, but per record, very, very little money to access those millions and millions, billions and billions uh, of records. Um, and a service that remains a very useful one if somebody hasn't used it is one called uh, Have I Been Owned? With the caveat being that owned in internet parlance and certainly with hacking is spelled P-W-N, not O-W-N. <laughs> so the, the website is a little weird spelling. Yeah. Uh, it, it is a reference <laughs> to gaming where if you just completely smash somebody in a game, you own them. Uh, and then it's come to mean somebody who got compromised online. And so that's why this website has this rather strange spelling. Quite honestly, you can spell it any way you want on, online, you'll find it. Um, and I looked at my own account. I, I, I generally just keep an eye on it. Uh, and my, my, my work email account has had 14 breaches with the various companies that Prime Media has had uh, dealings with. And so I would have to go back and check either to delete that account or certainly make sure that I change any passwords that are associated with it. And the usual fix for these sort of things, and this is what I've been to hear about in the past as, as well, is to yes. get a password manager. Uh, and then the catch is, oh, but I've got to remember a password for the passwords manager. And then I've got to write that down somewhere, which you shouldn't do. Or you're going to make it very difficult and then you forget it. So so there, it wasn't a really neat fix for somebody to say, how do I remember that password? And even worse sometimes if somebody said, oh, somebody hacked my password manager. In which case, wow, then you really do have a, a real problem because now all of your passwords are available and the time and effort to go and change all of those things would be very difficult. So none of them were really this, this, great, this great fix. Along came multi-factor authentication 2FA, you'll find a variety of names used to do it. And that's where they send you that extra bit. Most of us know this, you know, you spend something on your credit card, you'll, you'll get a little SMS notification. But now when you log in, you'll also get a little OTP sent to you, say, please enter this in uh, on, your, on your computer, and then you can gain access to the account. Now, again, the reason why I raised this this evening is that was exactly the hacking method, phishing method, it's not really a hack, it's, it's, it's compromising somebody's account by making them give you the details, uh, is what these guys did. Uh, the hacking uh, um, uh, crime that they got accused of is that they would join somebody that they thought would be useful to, um, to find pictures of on Facebook, add themselves as a friend. And back in 2010, uh, you know, people would, would, would not really be too selective about who they allow and don't allow. Uh, so you add this person as a friend, and once you have added somebody as a friend, well, you can contact them, you know, send them messages, uh, get their, get hold of their uh, phone numbers. And then the person would say, oh, hi, so-and-so, I'm a friend of so-and-so. Uh, I've lost access to my, my computer, and I'm using somebody else's phone. Can you help me, though? I need to get back into my email. Um, can, can you send me the code I've asked her to send to your phone? They would then think, okay, sure, happy to oblige a friend, even if I don't know who you are, and that this code that was being sent was for their email recovery account not realizing that they could see this person's name and email. So they were doing it for their own account. They were being sent there, the thing to say, hey, are you sure you want to log in here? Please use this one-time password. And then sharing it, not knowing what was being shared. And of course, once that had happened, you could now go and check everything on that account, you know, all other accounts that were associated with, and what they were looking for were those pictures. Uh, and that is obviously very damaging. But that subsequently has become, you know, these crazy scammers who will, will tell you either with ransomware attacks, they're going to lock up your computer and you have to pay to get it uh, released or some other blackmailing uh, type uh, thing that, that works like this. Um, 
for, for their ability to use these these phishing attacks and in very high profile ones uh, which they don't even call phishing anymore they call it whaling and spear phishing because it's you know worth so much more um, it really does become an issue for those individuals and certainly the businesses that employ those people and so this is where uh, the real need to to find something better had come along the version that we've all got access to now are things like our browsers and our phones will actually store passwords for us uh, the catch there though is you're still putting in not so good passwords uh, but the improvement on that one are using so-called authenticator apps. So these are uh, apps that will generate these one-time passwords, but they won't send it to you via SMS. And generally speaking, only allow them to, to exist for a very short period of time. So if somebody did manage to swindle you or con you to say, hey, share that code with me, odds are by the time it's made its way through the internet and off to them, uh, the code has expired and a new one is available uh, and that's the one that needs to be used. So that has gone a long way to reducing the number of those sort of phishing attacks. Uh, Google put out a study a couple of years ago and said that from uh, they would have about 70% uh, recovery on or 70% reduction on the targeted ones, uh, but that still leaves you know quite a lot. Uh, they then put in the authenticate apps that reduced it to sort of 90% coverage, but that's still 10%. 10% people could be compromised. And so we come to this passwordless uh, version, which uses a physical extra device. They're, they're available uh, for, for sale in South Africa. They start at about 500 bucks. They can go all up to a good couple of thousand bucks. Um, for some people, that's still not justified. But certainly for somebody who's, who's using it in, in a business setting or does know they, they deal with lots of accounts, this is something you now need to start looking at. And they either get inserted into the device that you're using, your PC or a phone, or with some devices not having a compatible little port anymore, uh, Apple devices, um, you use an NFC connection. You simply have to you sort of hold it close or, or tap it and it'll work. But, so uh, so this, is, this is almost like a, a sort of a Wi-Fi dongle, I suppose. So it's, it's a, yes. almost cre creating a barrier in the system so that you're adding a level of admin to yourself. But anybody who's ever been hacked will tell you that the level of admin of, you know, adding a little bit of a layer of security is considerably smaller than the admin of cleaning up your life afterwards. Exactly that. And I could go into explain to you zero uh, knowledge proofs at this moment, which, oh, what a rabbit hole I went down and <laughs> still struggle to get my head around. But there are some videos I'll leave online that, that, that do it fantastically well. So it's really complicated mathematical proofs that can be shared between machines because they get it, but that you and I will simply not know what's going on. So effectively remove you from not even having a password, you have no idea what the password is, you have no way to access the password, and you have no way to share the password. The physical device will create one for you in an instant and remove it again, that you have to simply just have this device with you. Now, the catch there is you have to have another device. Um, but this now means it moves away from somebody having conduit into doing something, because for you to physically take out a device and stick it in something is a bit like expecting somebody to con you, not, not force you. There's certainly still, a, you know, somebody can pressurize you to tap your credit card when you don't want to. But it's very unlikely somebody talking to you in a store is going to get you to say, oh, yes, I'll just tap this over here. I'm going to make this payment to you. I know exactly what I'm doing, and that's okay. So that, that's where it reduces it. So uh, Google gave this to all of their employees back in 2017 and then reported they've had none of those phishing attacks. Nobody had compromised them. And so that effectively is, is where we are at now. You get one of these devices, and yes, you can lose it. So ha, get yourself a tracking tag, and you attach it to the keyring on this thing, and then use your phone to find the thing. Now, at some point, they'll combine those two things so that the little tappy thingy with the tracky thingy is in one thing. Uh, and if you lose it, of course, they also suggest have two because you can't, you need one to open your phone to go and track how, the thing to find out where it is. How long yes. until these things are integrated into our devices? Or, you know, I wonder. Well, they won't integrate it into the device. Oh, well, let me let me say this. So that you can use your, your, your face and your fingerprint. That is one way that they're doing it now. So that if it's integrated in the device, you simply prove who you are by being who you are. 
but that isn't always practical. So, so these are the other ones that allow somebody to have that second version of doing it. Uh, I left some more details online, uh, the devices and what's available to them. Things are improving. At least in the future, when you do get locked out of your account, it won't be because somebody else did something. It's because you were simply an idiot. And when you do finally get access again, only you will have access. So there is that to be grateful for. Colin Cullis, Business Unusual this evening. Thank you very much indeed. Colin Cullis with Business Unusual.